and welcome to this Alan and Overy podcast, providing an introduction to the metaverse. I am Beverly Potts, a senior PSL in A&O's International IP Group, and I'm joined today by three associates from our Paris office, Victoria Peed, Elise Romilly, and Letitia Nicolazzi. Today, it's hard to miss the metaverse. At first, it was a niche subject, more known to people working in tech or to gamers, but the metaverse is everywhere now, and not a day goes by without the specialised and general press publishing an article about it. Every day brings its share of announcements, organisation of concerts, first fashion weeks, companies buying land, and even states and public entities entering the metaverse. This is much more than just a buzzword. It is quickly becoming a reality and a glimpse of what the future may look like. I fully agree with you, Beverly. To me, Metaverse is one of the hottest topics on tech news these days, and it seems that everyone wants to be part of it. To kick off our discussion, Elise, would you like to tell us a bit more about what Metaverse actually is? Sure. So when we talk about Metaverse, we actually refer to an immersive online virtual world that incorporates various technologies, such as artificial intelligence, blockchain, augmented reality, and virtual reality. It's an alternative computer-generated world that you inhabit as an avatar and react in 3D form. I think what's very important to understand is that there is not one metaverse, but rather multiple metaverses. So in this respect, the word metaverse is a catch-all term for a place where the physical and digital worlds come together. That's why you might have heard other names when talking about the metaverse, such as Decentraland, Meta, Fortnite, or Sandbox, to name a few. Yeah, I agree with Elise. There are many different metaverses already. That said, they do have several things in common. First, they're three-dimensional and spatial, which means that the metaverse goes beyond the 2D vision we currently have on our computers and works with 3D. The metaverse will also allow avatars to wander freely from place to place in a world that may eventually be infinite in size. Metaverse is also very connected and will rely on 5G internet connection, and very soon on 6G. Apart from that, these worlds are immersive. The metaverse will convey a strong sense of presence into the virtual world. Notably thanks to several technologies such as haptic suits, with which one can feel the texture of the object it's gripping, but also the wind or the rain. These worlds are also autonomous and persistent. The metaverse exists and evolves continuously, as there's not only humans' avatars in these worlds, but also many robots. As such, the metaverse can never be turned off or on again. Metaverse is also embodied and interactive, as social and commercial platforms, metaverses such as Roblox or Decentraland, are populated by humans and robots interacting together. And lastly, these worlds are open, or at least they might be in the long term. Indeed, the aim will be to be able to move freely from different digital worlds, which is not possible yet today, since we have different platforms with actually no link between them. For example, the goal is that you should be able to take your virtual positions from one platform to the other, as all metaverses will be interconnected. That all sounds really exciting. For most of the pictures I've seen of the metaverse, it doesn't really look like a real world. Letitia, do you think it's right to say that they're all just imaginary worlds? Actually, you may think of the metaverse as a kind of virtual copycat of the actual world, meaning a hyper-realistic parallel space which goes beyond our current reality and which can be accessed from interfaces such as PC, consoles, augmented reality or virtual reality devices. If we break that down into pieces... First, we have augmented reality. This is basically where you overlay virtual content on what you can actually see in real life. You can do that, for example, by scanning your surrounding with your phone, which will add digital images to what is actually in front of you. A good example of augmented reality is the Pokemon Go game, which is very famous. 
We also have virtual reality, which refers to the situation when you are completely immersed in a virtual environment, most of the time by using a VR headset. And finally, you can also get mixed reality. This is where you can interact with both the virtual and the physical worlds at the same time. That's great. And I heard Beverly saying um, that even some states already enter the metaverse. Can you confirm? <laughs> yes, that's correct. South Korea is currently designing a national metaverse. But do you know who will make decisions in there? Well, do you think that there will be a common governance there? Or will each avatar decide for themselves? There is no unanimous answer to this question of governance, and it all depends on the metaverse you're talking about. Some metaverses are created to be decentralized, meaning that they will be broken up into pieces of land where the owner will decide on the applicable laws and rules. Other metaverses, on the other hand, will be created by a company, like Meta for example, and only this company will be able to decide the rules and the laws which will govern this world. Actually, the question of governance will be very critical to the development of the metaverse. That's very interesting, Leticia. So what do we have today? What are the most advanced metaverses? We hear a lot about meta, but surely it is not all about meta. No, it isn't. To put it really simply, what we have today are two different kinds of metaverses. However, we'll certainly get more developing in the coming years. But first, we have the gaming metaverses, which are implemented into existing video games, such as Second Life, Fortnite, or Roblox. Fortnite's actually a very good example to illustrate this, because it's not just about gaming anymore. For example, over lockdown in particular, people were using Fortnite to meet friends, chat, and play the game. Fortnite has also recently hosted a virtual Ariana Grande concert, and I think we can expect that trend to continue. Second, we've got the non-gaming metaverses, such as Decentraland, The Sandbox, or Facebook Horizon Classrooms. So I think we have another trend in that virtual or augmented reality is moving away from the gaming industry. Let's pick Meta as an example. It's really hard to ignore Facebook's recent announcement regarding the metaverse and indeed Facebook's rebrand to Meta. Mark Zuckerberg sees the metaverse as the company's future and the successor to the mobile internet that currently dominates all of our lives. In his view, the metaverse will be the new way of connecting people or bringing groups of people together. His launch video showcased a number of examples of metaverse elements. So there's a digital space that you inhabit via an avatar. You can use that avatar to interact with others wherever they may be physically located. You can socialize virtually by immersing yourself in apps. And you can also enter virtual office spaces allowing for all sorts of hybrid working patterns. And finally, Zuckerberg also suggests how you might scan items from the physical world and transport them into the digital world via holograms. All these applications sound brilliant, but maybe our audience has a hard time picturing Metaverse precisely. Um, Elise, could you please maybe tell us what we can actually do there? Well, you can do virtually anything you want, at least in the long term. I think it's important to distinguish what the metaverse is today from what the metaverse could be in the future, or rather what people dream of when they think about the metaverse. With that in mind, it is fair to say that nearly all of our daily activities can be or will be done in the metaverse. For example, if I want to go shopping with friends, I can do it in the metaverse. I might pick a t-shirt off the rack in a virtual store and ask if you like it. This might be a virtual t-shirt on my avatar or a physical t-shirt that will be sent to me in the real world. But you can do much more than shopping. Avatars can go visit museums, they can go to the movies or to a concert, and you can actually even work in the metaverse. 
When you think of it, the metaverse is part of a trend that is already happening. We used to have computers to enter the online world. Now we mainly use our smartphones. Soon we will get rid of phones and probably just wear smart glasses or other wearable computers. So it seems like the possibilities are endless. However, Letitia, it's also easy to see how this will raise complex issues. Well, definitely. I would say that today, the main obstacle to entering the metaverse is, for most people, the equipment. Indeed, you actually need a VR headset, and these are still rather quite bulky and expensive, although much progress has been made in the past few years. Another thing is that a global metaverse requires a very strong and stable internet connection, preferably 5G, even 6G, which is not yet available everywhere in the world. Besides, if the tech is improving very quickly, the legal and regulatory sides of the metaverse are still far behind. Being a complete parallel world, the metaverse will raise issues in all fields, such as consumer's law, data protection, tax law, consumer law, and of course, intellectual property, which I believe is the subject of our next podcast. Thank you. This has been a helpful introduction to the metaverse. Thanks so much to Victoria, Elise, and Letitia for speaking. And thanks also to you for listening. Please join us for our next podcast on trademark, design, and copyright issues raised by the metaverse. And as always, please do contact us if you'd like any more information about specific issues raised by the metaverse.